most of us don't just want to read our Bible. We want to enjoy it. We want to understand it. This is the Bible Field Guide podcast. We make the Bible make sense. On today's episode, we are going to walk through a timeline of the events in the Torah. It can be easy to lose track of what's happening and when it's happening as you read through these five books. So having a big chronology in mind really helps to keep things straight. First of all, if you're downloading this episode and you're thinking, wow, this seems really similar in topic to the last thing that I listened to, uh, that's because we had some technical difficulties with our previous recording, and so we needed to re-record the episode. So if you suffered through that deep, sultry voice version of me in the previous recording, I apologize. This is an updated one where I will sound normal, except for the fact that I've got a little bit of a head cold right now, so that makes me extra nasally, extra nerdy, which fits the podcast perfectly. So let's hop into our topic. Like we just said in the intro, it's easy to forget that the Bible tells the story of real people in real time in real places. In our next episode, we're going to look at some of the settings and places that take place in the Bible broadly, but in the Torah specifically. But right now, I want to talk about real time. When did these events happen? Can we date the events of the Torah? And the answer to that question is, if we're going to be honest, kind of. The reality is that it's very difficult to get precise dating for events in the ancient world, especially for events surrounding characters like the figure Abraham and Jacob. You know, we have to remember these were nomadic sheep herders. They weren't powerful kings. And so they very likely haven't left behind any remains that we could find. And even if we did find something that claimed to be owned by Abraham or Jacob, we would really have no idea whether or not it belonged to the Bible's Abraham. Abraham and Jacob or some other Abraham and Jacob out there. You might not realize it, but we have a fraction of a percent of the material remains of the ancient world. And so even if we found some of these things that belong to these people, which is highly, highly, highly unlikely, again, we wouldn't necessarily know that they for sure belong to them. In a similar fashion, it's difficult for us to date the events of the Exodus. Part of the problem is that ancient pharaohs, they would spend money to record their deeds, to make boss reliefs and hieroglyphs, all kinds of things that would talk about their reigns. But these things were designed to be propaganda. They were designed to elevate and glorify the king. And so it wasn't common for a king to record his own defeat. And so the simple fact is that if the exodus happened, we simply should not expect that there would be a recorded version of it inside of Egyptian records. In fact, the only thing we would expect is that there be a recorded version of it among those who benefited from it, which would be the Hebrew people. Now, here's the good news. What we do know about Abraham and Jacob's life fits what we know about life from the period of about 2000 to 1500 BCE. And so we can say, hey, these patriarchs, they they probably lived roughly within that time period. In a similar way, we can date the Exodus to either the 15th or 13th century BCE. There's things that are inside of the text that give us some clues. We can't be entirely sure, but those are scholars' best guesses about when these events happened. 
So if we can't get precise dates for the events of the Torah, which again, we probably shouldn't expect to be able to find, the question then becomes, what would help us keep those events straight? And I think the most helpful thing to have is just a general sequence of events. If you had in your head just a general sequence of events that run through the entire Torah, it would help you not to get lost as you were reading through it. So if you're on Instagram, I've got to encourage you to go to our page, Bible Field Guide, because on there we've created a visual timeline that runs through the big events that that make up the entire Torah. But I'm going to walk through those events right now in the podcast. The Torah opens up in Genesis 1 to 2 with the story of creation. And if we were to try to date that, we'd say, well, it's in the beginning. We don't know the exact timing of all of that happening. But in those two chapters, God creates his kingdom. The next major time block in the Torah is Genesis 3 to 11, and this tells the story of humanity's rebellion against God in the garden, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. And again, we don't have a way of exactly dating those events, but what seems relevant is just to know that in the story, these are events which describe the loss and the destruction in some senses of God's kingdom. In Genesis 12 to 50, it covers the period of the patriarchs, and that is about 300 years of history, again, which take place somewhere between 2000 and 1500 BCE. And this is the story of God rebooting his kingdom through a family, through Israel's fathers and mothers. In Exodus 1 to 18, we read the story of the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, and Israel being taken out of Egypt, out of slavery, uh, to be brought to God in his special place, at his special mountain. And that's actually the next giant chunk of the Torah. Exodus 19, all the way through to the end of Exodus, all the way through to the end of Leviticus, all the way through to Numbers 10. So Exodus 19 to Numbers 10, all of that takes place at the foot of God's mountain, at the foot of Sinai. And inside of that period, it takes about a year and a month, a number of things happen. God makes his covenant with Israel, and he gives them his law so they can reflect his character into the world. God gives them his instructions for the tabernacle, and they construct it so that God can move into the neighborhood. This is also the period where we see Israel rebelling against God by worshiping the golden calf and God as an act of grace and mercy forgiving them. In the book of Leviticus, we have more rituals about how uh, God's presence can continue to exist within the tabernacle despite the fact that God's people are sinful. We have more laws, and then when we get to Numbers 1 to 10, we've got all of these preparations that Israel is making to finally leave Mount Sinai and move on and go into the promised land and conquer it. So again, at the foot of the mountain, this is the largest chunk of text in the Torah. It's the centerpiece of the Torah, and they spend about a year and a month there. After a year and a month, Numbers 11 all the way to Numbers 36 tells the story of Israel getting ready to enter into the promised land. What tragically happens in this story is that Israel refuses to enter. And so God says, if you don't want to go, that's fine, but you're going to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And the first generation of the Exodus Israelites dies off. Their children grow up, and they are the ones who are prepared to finally enter the promised land in Numbers 36. So this finally leads us to the last book of the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy. Now, the book of Deuteronomy, interestingly, actually takes place in the span of a day. 
It's just one day. Because what's happening in this book is Moses is giving his last will and testament. He's giving his last sermon to the people of Israel before he dies. They're all standing on the borders of the promised land, looking over, longing for the day when God will take them over and they will enter into the promised land and make it into a new Eden. And in this sermon, Moses is begging, he's pleading with his people, please choose God, love God, choose life. And so that last book is the last day of Moses' life. And it's interesting because we might expect that the Torah, which in some senses opens up with the promise of God to Abraham that I will give you a special land for you to live in, and we're going to make it into a new Eden, we'd expect that promise to be fulfilled by the end of the story, but it's not. The end of the story ends with Moses looking over into that land, longing for it, and dying. And that tells us something about the Torah. It's a book for people who live on the borderland. It's a book for people who hope for what God promises to do and yet are experiencing the reality of a world that's not the way it's supposed to be. So that's a broad timeline, a broad chronology of the Torah. God creates his kingdom in Genesis 1 to 2. Humanity rebels in Genesis 3 to 11. Genesis 12 to 50 tells the story of the patriarchs, the, the first families of Israel. Exodus 1 to 18 tells the story of Israel's slavery and then God's exodus, how he frees them. And then Exodus 19, all the way through Leviticus, all the way to Numbers 10, tells the story of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai, receiving God's law and covenant and preparing to enter into the promised land. Numbers 11 to 36 tells the story of Israel refusing to go into the promised land, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and finally the second generation of Israelites being prepared to go in. And finally, Deuteronomy is a story which takes place on one day. It's Moses' last sermon. If you can keep that broad chronology in your mind, it'll help you tremendously as you read through the book not to get lost in where you are and when you are. Thanks for listening to Bible Field Guide. Please subscribe and give us a rating if you like this content. It helps other people find our podcast. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, just search for Bible Field Guide or click the link in the show notes. Or you can go to our website, biblefieldguides.com to browse what we've created so far. We're still in the very early stages of the project. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is kind of our, our first real jaunt into the Bible. So there's not a lot out there yet, but we've got a lot, lot, lot more planned. So if you've got any questions, thoughts, ideas, or musings, you can go onto our website, email us there. Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you.